Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. Too close. Okay. It's okay. How's that? I'm Nolan. How's that? Is that better? That is better. Okay. I was going to say I could cut that out, but do you want me to start over? Do you want to start? No, it's fine. Okay. Give the people what they want. More of me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Whatever. Oh, geez. You know, Josh and I were having a discussion about that today. Not you in particular, but how your personality type, they tend to compliment themselves a lot. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're in, we inherently recognize greatness. Uh-huh. See? Uh-huh. You, yeah. you agree. Uh-huh. Me. Right. <laughs> so me and uh, what's her face and what's his face? Michael. And, Michael, my brother. And uh, what's her face? Josh's girlfriend. That one. <laughs> I don't need to remember people's names. <laughs> That's awful. We all do it, and we're all this. Congratulations, you managed to get three people that are less than 1% of the population in one room at the same time. It's true. It's That's a good point. Good for you. You had to go find us. <laughs> so it's your fault, really. And if your dad's here, then we get four people he's in not, this. He's not. He's not INTJ? No, I thought he was. What is he? ENTJ, I think. Or, he's no, not. He's, he's, he's not extra. He's an INFJ. Yeah, I was going to say your dad he's is. He's one letter different from me. Okay. Well, um, just a quick update on flipping the house. We've got his parents coming in and we've got, you know, we finally found competent people. So things are actually moving along now. A very competent but very expensive electrician is there now. Yeah, he's incredibly competent. I'm very impressed. But yeah, he's very expensive. He's rocking it out. It looks really good from what I can tell about electricity, which I don't know anything (laughs) about. Like those wires are amazing. It looks better than the old stuff. Really? Good. Well, I... All right, so why don't you go ahead, oh, I have it here, go ahead and read the quote. Dreams Only Work If You Do by John C. Maxwell, author. So why'd you choose that? Because it was the next one on the list. You you made me roll my eyes. I did. (laughs) It was not a sign of contempt. (laughs) (laughs) A bit, bit it was. No, I mean, it's good and it's on your desk anyway. Yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes, if you don't know. I mean, yes, it's, I bought a box, this decorative box that has it on it. Yep. That sits on my desk and says, dreams only work if you do. They usually don't just happen. No, they don't. What was the one that we did last time? Oh, people with goals succeed because they know where they're going. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So dreams only work if you do. You, yeah, you have to have a goal. You have to have a something, a target, something you're working towards. And honestly, like having a dream actually gives you something to work towards. What was that quote you sent to me? Do you remember that? You sure don't. Okay, well, I've got it. I'll save it for like next week's episode um, or something. It's the visualization one. Huh. We're not going to give it right now because I don't want to spoil it. I want to devote. Okay. Oh, and yeah, I want to devote time to that because we don't have time today because we are doing a short. This this podcast is a no spoilers podcast for Jurassic World 2. And we're going to keep it short because we have to control ourselves. It's going to be really hard. I, it's going to be really hard for me not to spoil things. But we're so we'll have the next the spoilers one will be a little bit longer because we'll be able to discuss the entire story arc of the movie. And so uh, if you have not seen Jurassic World 2 yet, go ahead and watch that if you can, if you get the chance. And if you don't ever if you know, you'll never watch it, then go ahead and listen to the next episode as well. But or the bonus episode, I guess, is what we decided to call them, right? Sure. Yeah. Bonus. (laughs) We should do some Patreon exclusive ones or something. Yeah, we will eventually. I told you about the, you know, the takeaways for authors. We're going to do that for Patreon supporters only. So basically what we're going to be doing is we'll take the 
the biggest takeaways that we give at the end of episodes. And we will put those all into, you know, volumes. So like episodes one through 10 volume, you know, so volume one, volume two, volume three, and then we'll give those to only Patreon supporters so that they don't have to listen to the whole podcast just to get those takeaways. Anyway, all right. So the quote or sorry, the tip for today is a continuation of our cover designer things. And this is where this is, again, the best practices. So you need to get opinions from other people, even on professional book covers. I've got a group on Facebook called Book Cover Critique Group, and there's about 100 people on there. It's slowly growing. I keep forgetting it exists until somebody posts a book cover and asks for feedback and everybody else comments on things. And I go in and I comment sometimes and and there's really good feedback in there. One thing you'll want to recognize is that if your covers are really bad, then pretty much anyone can tell you that there's something that needs to be worked on. But when your covers, when you're trying to fine tune little details, most likely people who are not experienced cover designers aren't going to tell you, be able to tell you what the problem is. So one of the things that I've done in the past is I've created control groups of people who read my genre. So my target audience, and I can't, I create about three groups and I set them up through email or Facebook or whatever worked best at the time. It was generally on Facebook, but I have done it on email before. And I asked for volunteers and I had them go and join those groups. And then I posted my covers and or my descriptions and I asked, asked for feedback. And the reason I did more than one group is because people tend to be bad wagon dr- jumpers. So basically one person says something and everyone else makes the same comment, which is no one's doing a little eye roll. Like it's annoying when people do that. Yeah. So that's why you want to have more than one group. And I I always have at least 30 members each. Goes back to my statistics class that I hated so much, but I actually learned from. (laughs) (laughs) When am I ever going to use this? All the time. (laughs) You want at least a control group of at least 30. Uh, More than 100 is good. So you pay attention if everyone comments on the same thing across the groups. They they might not know what is exactly wrong or how to fix it, but they'll know something is off. And your job is to figure out what that is. And like I said, get um, get feedback on professional book covers too. You'll want to tread softly on that though and be very, very kind when taking it to a designer. You don't want to say, oh my gosh, so-and-so said this is so horrible and I had so-and-so, you know, and you don't even want to say, hey, this is bad. You just say, let them know that you think there may be an issue and see if they're willing to fix it. You could say, uh, this kind of bothers me right here. And, and you want to make sure it's, it's good to get things like this in writing. So like if you have a contract with a cover designer that allows you to have three passes, and that's pretty common. Anyway, if there are too many problems, consider hiring another designer. And here's something that's not actually on my tips list here. When you work with a cover designer, they own the copyright for the book cover. And legally, you're required to credit them in the book. And most authors do not do this. And they're actually, it's illegal. They're claiming by not crediting their cover designer, they're claiming claiming that cover as their, what's the word? Property. Their work. property, their work, their creation. And so you need to be crediting your cover designers in your book covers, uh, in your books. Anyway, so that's, that's it for today. We'll talk about um, other stuff next time, other ways to get feedback next time. I've got a couple more points on how to get feedback on book covers. Anyway, as a cover designer, how would it make you feel if somebody took your cover and asked for opinions on it from other people well i hate it i i I was expecting that i would hate it too yeah no i hate it but i mean i hate it when they have stupid points but sometimes they have really good points and then i'm like oh i feel now and then i feel stupid yeah (laughs) i didn't miss something yeah but sometimes it's like i don't like it or like it you should do this and make it horrible you know anyway all right so this episode 
this first half of this episode, we're going to talk about things that we'll only talk about stuff that affects the first quarter ish of the movie. So basically if you've seen the trailer, when they jump off the cliff and land in the water, we're not going beyond that. And that's okay with you, right? Nolan. Yep. There is a betrayal, but we're not going to um, specify where that happens because that's a big, that's a big deal. And there's a couple other things that we can't really go into because it'll be giving spoilers. But I will say right now that the trailer was slightly disappointing to me because I'm huge. I was like, volcanoes I love and dinosaurs I love, but I don't want to see them in the same movie. And so when I realized that the trailer was only the first quarter, first half of the movie, I was very excited. It just made me, it was delicious to me, basically. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about the characters. Okay. You usually talk about characters first, right. so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> we have Owen and what's her face? Claire. Claire. I don't like them nearly as much in this movie. Oh, I love Owen in this movie. He's got some good lines, but he's very passive relative to the other movies. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I think. He did take charge quite a bit. No, I think he was fine. So when he took charge, right. we're not going to talk about the other half, but he took charge quite a bit in the second at the beginning half. Of, at the beginning of the movie, yes, he's in his element. I thought he took charge a lot in the second half. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I just, I didn't feel like I didn't like the second half of the movie, so. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, you can save that for later. Yes, but in the first half of the movie, yeah. So they, so um, Owen, Grady, mm -hmm. and Claire, whatever her last name, not Grady, Claire, because they don't uh, get together. They're apart again. Yes, which um, I was actually okay with how they explained them breaking up because it was com it was comedic. You know, she's like, he's like, hey, I left. She goes, you left because I told you to leave. Yeah, but then I got in my car and left. <laughs> <laughs> It was yeah. I, I, I appreciate he does that. have good lines I just I didn't feel like he was I don't know I didn't feel like he was there or like wanted to be there in the movie oh the actor himself the actor, yeah oh. that could be a like uh, a director a issue yeah anyway really fast this is this is applicable the description on IMDB for the movie is when the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs that from is, this extinction level event that's not what happens it's not what happens Claire. And Owen does not want to do it. No. Okay. So we have the two returning characters. They're yeah. pretty much the only two. Yes. Um. Let's see. No, we've got Doctor Wu. Doctor Wu's not really in it, but yeah, he is. He does make a ten-second showing. Yeah. And just for those who are listening, we I am holding our toddler right now because he woke up from a nap and did not want to sleep any longer. Do you want to say hi? Hey, Daddy. I see daddy. I don't know if that's what he said, but it sounded like it. Is that daddy? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, daddy. Uh, we're not going to be able to talk a whole lot about character development because it's not yet. We'll ties have to cover that to the in other. a second. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a couple sidekicks. Who are, um, I love. I quite love. Like the vet, I love her. And Franklin, I love him. Yeah. Okay. Franklin's awesome. I like Franklin. I don't like the other one. Oh, I thought she was competent. Yeah. Anyway, Nolan didn't like the movie. <laughs> um, I, I I think it's okay. It's above average. Okay, so one question I had while I was watching, um, how old is Ian Malcolm supposed to be in this show? Because I think he like wasn't 90. old enough looking. No, I thought he was like decrepit. So I thought he didn't look old enough. Because yeah, this like... Jurassic World 1 was supposed to take place like 2020 or 2025. Was it? Yeah. And this one takes place several years after that. It's the future and he's had um, blood replacement therapy. <laughs> like all he, the billionaires. He did Botox right after the first Jurassic Park movie. 
Um, so you know, he's it's the future. He's there. Are people are living longer. He's yeah. gonna be. He's gonna make it to two fifty. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Maisie. Maisie who and Lockwood. Maisie, this is her first movie credited on IMDb, so it's a pretty big role. It's a, a pretty, pretty good big role movie. to land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got some. Uh, let me see. We've got the head. Doctor Mills. Doctor Mills. He's Maisie's. Um, he's the guy who takes care of Lockwood's estate. Is he a doctor? I don't think so. I think that's just. I don't know. I'm just trying. To, it's Mills, but I can't Mills. remember if it's doctor or not. Mills. Um, yes, and then whoever the head guy is. For the um, rescue team. Oh, the older guy. Yeah, the yeah. guy who likes to collect dinosaur teeth. Yep. Um. Okay. So we'll talk about characters more when we talk about their development. Right. But let's and situation briefly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the island is going to blow, and there's this debate on whether or not people should save the dinosaurs. Yeah. Claire is part of an organization that is trying to save them. She's a political activist now. Mm-hmm. which is a boring job that doesn't pay very much. And Owen, they're both unemployed, basically, because the, their job was the uh, park. was the park, and the park fell. And then so they fell on hard times after the park closed, mm-hmm. and they ended up going their separate ways because they were basically, he was basically living in a van. And no, Owen's way is the way I would have chosen because he's got like this nice piece of land in the middle of the mountains, and he's building a cabin. Well, and... I'm fine with it, too, but Claire's a hoity-toity lady, so she's in the city. Mm-hmm. In some crappy, you know, apartment, probably being a political activist because mm-hmm. that's exciting uh, to make a movie about. It isn't. Well, the movie wasn't about it. That's I know. Why we moved I thank away. heavens. Yes. Um. Anyway, and that's where her two sidekick people come from because she needs somebody who is a paleo vet- vet- veterinarian. Yeah, which is somebody who's competent enough to take help with the animals. Which is not a job anymore, so she's out of a job. That's why she's trying to save the dinosaurs so she can have a job. Yeah, and then the data guy just like just an analyst who got the uh, the like first job he could get out of college. He's, basically, he's awesome. I and I think he just shows up at the best times. <laughs> yeah. So no, I like him more. Anyway, because um, he's like super reluctant about like everything and just keeps getting shoved into these ridiculous situations. Anyway, so um, so that's the setting, right? And well, Congress or whoever the decides to not save the dinosaurs, and so they decide to go save the dinosaurs on their own with the help of Lockwood. Who's Lockwood? Lockwood was what's his face's partner, Hammond. Hammond's partner mm-hmm. for InGen. Mm-hmm. They started the company together. And he's this old, old, feeble guy now with lots of money. Yes. Just like Hammond was at one point, and he funds saving the dinosaurs. Yeah. So he sent he sent a team to the island to collect as many dinosaurs as he can. And that team includes Claire and Owen. And then she ropes Owen into it because they want to get Blue out. Mm-hmm. The real true star of the first movie. Okay, so one thing before we go on and talk more about the movie is... How many different islands have dinosaurs on them that we know of? This is the original island. We have two islands that have dinosaurs. Right. So what does it matter if the original island goes extinct? If we have another island that Lost World, no, 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 that was a third movie, took part on. on. I don't know. Maybe they shut side B down. I don't know. Yeah, because they don't ever explain that. I mean, like. That's a good logic error, though. Because, I mean, they're like, dinosaurs are going to go extinct. And the whole time we're watching the movie, I was like, no, they're not. They've got another island with dinosaurs on it that they barely escaped without dying. 
excellent point. The whole, maybe they just tried to pretend like the third movie didn't happen. <laughs> they do that sometimes in Hollywood. Like, oh yeah, no, that was... Ignore that. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they did that. Maybe that this was like a continuation of Jurassic Park and they just ignored the other two uh, two movies. Because, you know, they weren't as good. Because <laughs> they never really refer back to those, you know, what happened in the second and the third movie in Jurassic World. They refer back to what happened in the first movie. True. So that's something they don't ever explain. But anyway, yeah. Actually, so I, was... they, I think they do mention Ela Sorna in this. Do they? Yeah, they make mention of it. Okay. I don't remember. What's the name of both islands? Ila Nublar. Oh, that's right. Ila Nublar is the one that Jurassic Park takes place on. And Ila Sorna. Okay. But yeah, those are the two islands. So you're right. Site B. They didn't didn't talk about it at all. They did a bit. They dropped the name, I thought. But I don't remember now. Yeah. Anyway, so I have a comment on the opening scene. They listened to our podcast and focus on making a more engaging opening scene because the guys they're going down deep diving to get the tooth of the of uh indominus rex Mm -hmm. and it was a very engaging opening scene because i mean they had to get out of there before the mosasaurus gets out they have a helicopter that's coming to pick them up but the t-rex shows up while the guy's trying to shut the gate to not let the mosasaurus out and then, like, it comes up behind him, and then the lights just go out under the water. Mm-hmm. Very well done. The lightning strikes with the T-Rex. You know, you hear a oh, boom. Oh, yeah, you hear it. And, and the guy turns around to see what the noise is, but you can't see. there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah, you could see when it's booming, when you hear the boom, because the lightning strikes, you see the T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And Ninja Rex. And everybody's yelling at him to run, but he can't hear. Right. And they're like, run, come, come, run. I mean, there was one thing that bothered us about the... Right. So he's, he, he commands the gate to close on the computer, and then his terminal gets busted, and then it stops closing, so the Mosasaurus escapes. Which doesn't make sense, because... Like the door would just keep closing. He didn't send a command to open the door. It just yeah. got, like, his, like, little tablet got smashed. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, I'm like, if... If it had gotten smashed in such a way that, like, a cancel button got pressed, you know, and they showed that, then it would be more plausible. But Also, the Mosasaurus would have starved to death in a pond of that size. In a pond of that size with nothing in there to feed have, it. If you're going to be in a... The Indominus Rex might have fed it well enough for several years. I mean, that dom- <laughs> the Indominus Rex is huge, and they were, it was eating only sharks for how long? I don't know. It's not... I don't it's not plausible, no, but... it's not. The, like, if you're going to be in a pond, you know, like, a... An enclosure of that size, a monster of that size being in an enclosure of that small of a size, it would have had to be fed artificially. Yeah. Um, how so, how often do snakes need to eat, though? Yeah, but mosasauruses are big, and it's very active. But, like, a boa constrictor is huge, and anaconda is huge, and they're very active. It's not going to live for years, though. <laughs> it's just, just too much. I mean, bed bugs, can, an adult bed bug can survive for over a year it's, without food. That's because of their size. It's true. It's, it's, a, it's a geometric. I'm just trying to make it size. work. It doesn't work. That's one or the other. But I love the scene. Yeah, the scene was very that, engaging. It was a very well shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the good camera angles were very good. Uh, there were only a couple times where I was like, ugh, like you know. But it wasn't enough for me not to enjoy the movie, the rest of the movie, because of. Also, the mosasaurus can get some air coming out of the water. Get some air coming out of the water. Yeah, it can. Oh, jump, yeah. Jump yeah. quite far out of the water, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the podcast, writers of 
Jurassic World 2. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate you you supporting us and listening to us, especially. You should donate to our Patreon. I'm surprised that advice. they were able to listen to Jurassic World in the future and go back and fix the opening scene for Jurassic World 2. Because we only recorded it like a month and a half ago. That's all it takes. They've got the technology, right? Yeah. Hollywood is smart. <sighs> we wouldn't be talking about half the movies we talk about if they were that smart. <laughs> All right. What was the inciting incident? The volcano, I guess. I'm, I was I was going to say Lockwood hiring Claire. Well, I mean, he hires Claire because their hand is forced because the volcano is erupting. That's a good point. You could say that the uh, the Senate hearing where they decide not to rescue the dinosaurs is really what pushes everybody because mm -hmm. they were waiting to see if they could get funding from the government to yeah. evacuate them. And that's, once, that's a good point. Yeah. Once they can't, then they have to go ahead with Lockwood. That's a good point because it's as soon as Congress decides, then she gets the call from Lockwood. Right. And and Lockwood wouldn't have called her if Congress hadn't decided not to help. It's a good point. So both of the, I mean, the both of those things are out of their hands, but the, from then on, it's pretty character driven. The island. So, you know, we get to see... The different characters. How There's they a, interact with each how other. How they interact with each other. The new people actually have more of a role, especially the analyst guy. Yeah, Franklin, who's yeah. like, what am I doing here? Yeah, he's he's super useful. He's pretty funny. In the second half, he's not as useful, so he's like comedy, comic relief. Not that he's not Mainly. in the beginning. But yeah, later on, he is. He's more. just, well, in the beginning, he's there because they need him to get into the command center because he's he can hack the system. But then he's still there. So they're like, oh, well, let's give him this comedic role here, mm -hmm. which worked well for me. I, I especially loved. OK, I can't say it. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> uh, but Owen's in his element here, tracking down Blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Capturing her. Um, and she gets shot. So the vet gets to do her job. Mm -hmm. So she's useful for that part. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and the island is blowing up school anyway. I know, I love they did a really the good special job. effects were really good. Oh, one of the trivia that I can actually give on this is they actually called in real U, uh, USGS and volcanologists to make sure that the way the volcano erupted was real. And the only thing they changed from what would actually happen was they sped up how fast like the lava moved and things like that just, just because they're like, they're like, it needs to go a little bit faster, but it's basic science. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, they 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 get cut off, you know, like lava flows, and you know they have to find their way around, and they have to escape from it because they're trying yeah. to get these dinosaurs out. Them, and then they have to just get themselves out and just yeah. make a run for it. Yeah, um, it's really good. Mm -hmm. One of good the most classic actiony. One of the most intense scenes of that first part of the movie was when um, Owen's trying to escape the lava. Yes, he gets he uh he gets uh, trained. knocked out. Yeah, trained. Yeah, and then he's uh. <laughs> Trying to floppy, his body's all floppy, and he's, he's trying, trying to, to move away from the lava as it's rolling towards him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and they do have, um, yeah, just all the lava mm -hmm. stuff is pretty great. I have to say how ironic this all is. This movie was filmed in Hawaii, and it's got a, a volcano erupting and lava. You just filmed it in real life, and you're like, okay, know, roll it's... away from this lava that's really coming at you. <laughs> Let's see. Anything else? Do you have one takeaway or anything like that? Um. We're going to give one takeaway for this part of one the show takeaway, and then two um, for the next part. They did a really good job of making the characters have a role. I, I agree with that. They, Even they the put their red team together. had roles. Yeah, they put a team together and then they all like did their job. Like They brought someone for a reason and that person did something. And it was clear to the viewer what the reason was. Exactly. It wasn't muddled yep. at all. Um, and that's good. Mm -hmm. one, one other quick point I want to make. They did rely on some nostalgia in here. Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the original Jeeps from the first movies in there. Oh. Objects in the mirror. Maybe yes, that's the right. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. So they, they dropped some uh, JP1 mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. All right. So my takeaway, let me see if there's any trivia I can give that's applicable. Oh, this actually can work. Um, So... And if you've seen the trailer, you know that that they're in the, the gyrosphere and they go over the side of the cliff trying to escape the the pyroclastic cloud or whatever it's called. So apparently, the way they built that scene was they had an actual roller coaster that the gyrosphere followed. And Claire, uh, sorry, Bryce Dallas Howard is absolutely terrified of roller coasters, <laughs> and she said she screamed and screamed and screamed. She's like, my terror is real. In that scene, and she said they... And what are we paying her for? <laughs> no kidding. You're not an actress anymore. <laughs> she she said they had to do multiple takes, and on take six or so, she started passing out <laughs> when they were going over. Uh, I'm like, you poor thing. <laughs> That's sad. You poor multimillionaire thing, you. <laughs> yes. And let's see. Oh, um, let's see. I'm trying to see if any of this... Okay, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and use that. So the drug used to knock the dinosaurs out is five thousand times more potent. It's an opio opio opioid. It's five thousand more potent than heroin and ten thousand times more potent than morphine. And it's you have to have somebody in a vet that can use it. That's like certified in like three different things. And in order to use it, and it's really difficult to get that certification. There aren't that many that are certified. And it's considered a, a potential weapon of mass destruction because one vial could kill thousands of people because it's so potent. Yeah, if, you, if it's inhaled. I don't know if it works if it's inhaled, but if you stuck it in like a aerosolized it in a ventilation. <laughs> well, if you... Basically Batman, Dark yeah, Knight, yeah. except oh. with more sense because that was stupid. We can talk about that when we, if we ever do Dark Knight. If we Knight. did those movies. Dri- so. There's a scene in there that drives me nuts about... Yeah, the sewage The or science whatever. part where they just make ridiculous science claims. Which I feel like this Jurassic Park movie is kind of leaning towards ridiculous science stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. we will talk about that in the second part. We keep we're building tension. Yes. For the second part, we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. And then watch. We don't remember any of these threads that we've started. It's hard not to. I mean, it. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, if they use the if they use that that stuff on on a human, if somebody were to use that vial, maybe just little. Like thumb pins. <laughs> just well, I mean, could you stick imagine them, people with them? Could you imagine them trying to use like regular drugs on them? You'd have to use it by the gallon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it'd be, it'd be impossible. Oh, I was saying if they were using it as a ma- weapon of mass destruction, well, yeah. one vial, I don't think a pinprick of it would be enough to kill somebody. But it might. It could be. There, there are substances that are that dangerous. Jeez, they actually, and I'm wondering about the plausibility of them being able to knock Owen out without killing him. She does mention the medic. Mm-hmm. The veterinarian the measure mentions like how easy it would be to OD mm-hmm. a dinosaur on it, and that's why they need her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or else they'd mess it up. So I don't Anyways. know. Yeah, like, but I mean, he does. He gets tranked and then pulls it out pretty quickly. So I don't know. If... Yeah. So okay. my takeaway for this uh, for this part of the episode is first half. Okay, so your description. It needs to intrigue the reader, and it does not need to talk about or describe stuff that happens after the first quarter, maybe the first half of the book. And the pro- the reason you want to do that is because it's something you don't want to give away spoilers in the description, and the first part of your book needs to be intriguing enough to keep people reading. And so the trailer for this movie only goes over the first quarter to first half of the movie, and I was delighted at the turn the movie took because I was like, oh, there's... I was 
not as excited about the volcano. And I was, and, and Nolan doesn't agree with this. I feel the opposite way about this. <laughs> um, I thought the first half of the movie was stronger than the second. Well, I agree with that, but I still enjoyed the, the second half of the there movie. There are aspects I liked a lot about it, and there's some I didn't. So it's just more of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think it was as well executed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it is quite a departure from the tone and... Well, it's like what you were saying. And... Off-air was off-air. Lost World... This so what Nolan was telling me off air was the Jurassic World is like a remake of Jurassic Park, you know, just a few big changes, and that Jurassic World Two is a remake of Lost World, where they oh we can't give we spoilers, can't give spoilers. dang <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, there's a little like we're literally splitting it in two because the first half they're in one place doing one thing, and the second half they're in a different place doing a different thing, and yeah. so they're very much like two different movies. Yeah, it's true. First half, second half of the movie, how the characters act, where they are, what they're doing, mm-hmm. all of it. Okay, so, there's a good reason why we're breaking it up into two parts. We're not just messing with you. Yeah, I have to. I'm gonna tell you back to my takeaway. Um, I was reading a book, and I was seventy percent of the way into the book, and it still hadn't touched on what was mentioned in the description. And it's the one that I told you I removed from my device because I'm 70. Okay, so this is what the book does. Talks about how there's like this thing inside the ocean that's stopping submarines and making them like skip over it. And it's like a split second later and they're 15 kilometers off from where they were before. And the setup is really, really awesome. And in the description, it says that this guy teams up with this girl to find corrupt, to find a not corruption. Well, it is corruption, but to find a ploy or whatever within the government and they team up and they use this equipment to figure out where the, where everything's going and what's going on and all that, basically all this secret stuff. Anyway, 70% of the, of the way into the book, we still don't have these two teaming up. They're still not trying to find anything in the government that has anything that's off. And I'm like, I put the book down. I was like, the reason I picked the book up was because the plot mentioned in the description interested me and it's not in the book at all. And so your description needs to be what's in your book. Don't put stuff in it that doesn't happen, even if it's what is expected for your trope, even if it sounds cool, because you have no idea what is bringing the readers in from that description. And if you have stuff in there that's not really in the book or even that's slightly off or gives a slight, slightly off perception of what's in the book, then it'll bring in the wrong readers, which leads to disappointment and bad reviews. Your description is, has to strike an emotional chord with the reader while still being true to your story. It's hard to explain without lots of giving examples or anything like that. But you'll know if you're working with somebody that's writing your description, or even if you write your own descriptions and you're like, well, that sounds really cool. It's not quite accurate, but it sounds so cool. Then don't use it. Find something else that sounds cool and that is accurate. Anyway, so that's it for this half of the episode. And I'm not going to do any usual closing stuff. We'll go ahead and record the next half tonight, but you won't know that. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.